fucked up. Yeah. And it says something that we like if someone were to jump in and start with this episode and haven't seen any of the other boys, I think they would be really shocked. But I guess we've had almost two and a half season, you know, worth of it where we're like, it was like, oh, that was actually pretty tame and you could have got even worse, but like, um, or got even, uh, you know, pushed the line even further. I was just like, oh, okay, that, that's kind of on, on par. And it didn't, it, I just like the moments they included within it. So I'm sure we're going to get into, but yeah. Have you guys heard that? I don't know that, that it is the boys fan base or it's just assholes. I'm not sure, but you, you know that there's a thing called review bombing where, I don't know what it is, but someone finds a way to generate negative or positive uh, reviews for something. It's it's like they just think it's funny to do it. Or maybe not. Maybe they actually feel strongly about it. I don't know. But but the boys last season, when they decided to go weekly, they got review bombed. Not because of the quality of the show, but because of Amazon's choice to go week to week. And then when this season started up and they went week to week again, even though they dropped a bunch on the first day, they again got review bombed. But additionally, the comments were about the frequency of nudity, specifically male nudity. And I think that's just super funny. To, to like have been, to, to assume that someone who has gotten to the third season has been watching this show and then is all of a sudden, you know, like a grandma in church about it. Um. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, you're right. Because I think by now, like, I'm so desensitized. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I recently... <laughs> When my mother-in-law got here and I wanted to tell, I was telling her about how I do this podcasting hobby with you guys. And so I said, well, let me just play the first episode for you. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, and and I'm so like desensitized about it, of the boys. Yeah. And so, because I wanted her to see Robin, right? Like that scene with with Robin get exploded from A-Train. And I forgot about Translucent, like being naked, like in the bathroom, right? When he's like spying on them. It's Mm. like, what? is very early on full frontal male nudity she took it with stride but i i should ask her i didn't even ask her because i'm so i'm so desensitized about it i'm like whatever like i expect now to see everything like i we saw an asshole like on full screen (laughs) this episode and i was like oh yeah that's a really clean asshole like (laughs) yeah yeah, you know (laughs) Nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, let's move into the discussion of the show and let, we'll get back to the actual hero gasm event because that, that's the big centerpiece of the show. Let's take a look, though, at the Kimiko and Frenchie story since that's very much in its own little, little area. Uh, one thing was that I wanted to mention up front was the dance number from the previous episode. There is a little behind-the-scenes segment on how they made that that's available to watch. I was surprised to learn that neither one were dancers. Like, oh. they they were taught every step, and because they had, you know, experience with physical acting and action scenes, they could adapt to it, but neither one of them came from a dancing background. That's really cute. That's interesting. They, they pulled it off really, yeah, really well. 
But I also think that it, it would serve the the characters that I would be a little bit shocked if they were like too good. You know, like it wouldn't, mm. it, it was nice to have them like, cause like I could tell that Frenchie, like he, it, it was a little bit odd for them, but I, I feel like that kind of added to it. Like I don't, I didn't expect them to be uh, dancing with the stars level. And so even if they had like a little bit where you're like, oh, that's interesting. Like it didn't feel like it was just the right amount of like, oh, they're in step and they're all that kind of thing, but it shouldn't feel too natural for them because you know, that would be a little suspect. Yeah, that's a good perspective because uh, the the steps that they learned were meant to mimic the kinds of shows that Kimiko enjoys, you know, the, the big mm-hmm. musicals, the classic musicals, but then also set it in a hospital and make it kind of match them as characters. And I think they mm-hmm. pulled it off really well. Yeah. Anyhow, they wind up in the nefarious clutches of Lil Nina and her goons. I wonder how that jives with what we were saying earlier about our expectations for Lil Nina. She sure is like a dog with a bone when it comes to Shetty um, and letting go of that betrayal. But I don't give a shit about any of that. What I mm-hmm. what I'm interested in is about Kimiko and her fight for survival and her kind of judging herself for going about it, and then wondering if there's not just like a trace of of superpowers um, remaining within her because she managed that fight against a much bigger person pretty well. Yeah, I agree with you though on the like this whole storyline of the nina with frenchie and kimiko i i'm actually kind of annoyed by it like a little bit because i (laughs) i feel like i don't know if this is just in it feels like it's they can't fit them in to the other two storylines of like the boys and homelander and that kind of stuff so they're like what are we going to do with them because they're beloved characters but i feel like this is very much like a sidebar and i'm like i don't really care about this nina like why is she such a big deal it's not about her it's about frenchie and kimiko and finding their relationship and getting out of it like a little bit differently and then Kimiko's journey to loving herself and accepting herself and I don't think she could she could do that if she was in the other two um like storylines because like there's no room to like have these moments so I feel like in some way I'm like kind of annoyed by it but then in other ways I'm like well it's giving her room to develop as a character and also learn more about Frenchie because we didn't really know too much about him either so they're really kind of giving us like the audience a little bit more insight to both of these characters and Mm -hmm. having them kind of discover um, like who they want to be if they want to be together you know like also finding themselves together Um, but yeah I was thinking the same thing I was like Kimiko seems I don't know if it's just muscle memory like she's been fighting for so long since she's been a soup that I also couldn't help but think like is it just her kind of like you don't just forget that like he took away the powers of her healing and maybe being super strong, but like she still has choreography and the, the, just her knowing what to do in those situations that she can't suppress that. So I thought that was actually kind of cool, but I don't know, maybe there's like a little bit left, but she was getting hurt, but I feel like any normal person would have just like, you know, she took a lot. And I wonder if that's also just like the adrenaline of her, like remembering, Hey, this didn't used to hurt, you know, like kind of thing. (laughs) So she, she can take a little bit more pain than maybe, a normal person but yeah i don't know i thought it was kind of cool but the nina part i could care less about but i do like seeing frenchie and kimiko and them grow as characters and not just be like a side character and then we don't really know who they are and what they're doing and stuff so i feel like that's been good in this season but the nina part i hope that's done with already <laughs> <laughs> i mean she ran away like 
really fast. Like <laughs> she got the fuck out of there when she saw like that big yeah. first guy go down right away. I just um, don't want her to go get more goons and try to get them again. You know, like I think that's been done. Right. With. Let this just like, okay, let's just let this be the payment. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree. I think that this is just to show character growth and just to ease our curiosities about what is this, what is the impact on Kimiko? That's the thing I've been most interested in since it happened. I really thought this was the episode that maybe Frenchie was going to die. It got close. It got very dicey. Yeah, yeah. It was It was really, they did a great job on that. So, you know, first, like even before like this fight scene, I thought it was really cute how she was just like doing like the text messaging in her head, you know, or in her hand, like about like, oh, is this from the kiss? And then she erases it. And then she like tries to figure out like a, a way of communicating with it. And I thought that was like kind of just like a really cute like thing about her that that's like where her headspace is. And and then just just to kind of give her a more like human experience and not and less of a soup exposure. Almost girlish, you know, because she was, was sort so of cute. getting into that. Are you mad at me? Kind of mm-hmm. kind of. Yes, stuff. I love it. I was like totally like feeling like I could I was like feeling like the memory in my body from like those kinds of instances, you know, when texting my husband back when we were like early dating kind of thing, right? Like it was really cute and I really liked it. I think from the fighting stuff, yeah, I was thinking maybe like a muscle memory kind of thing also that she learned how to fight. Like she was trained up for it. She just had like extra punch because she was soup and had the no fear of being killed kind of thing because she always healed. But yeah, I kind of did suspect maybe there is some kind of like healing that is still happening because she, it was brutal. Like I was in pain on my ribs, like from that man pounding her on her, in her abdomen area and and on her ribs area. And he was like bleeding through, right? Like her, it got soaked with blood there. And then she's just like sitting up signing, like whatever like afterwards saying like i'm the monster whatever and i'm thinking i think this is intentional i think this is like a very subtle foreshadowing that whatever happened wasn't a permanent change in her powers and it was just kind of like got rid of a lot of it maybe her cells are regenerating just much slower because there's a lot less of them you know how when you've seen like people that go through like chemo radiation Right. He, um, she got blasted with radiation. So there's. Right. You know, so they it gets it kills a lot of like even healthy cells. Right. But eventually when the radiation is done, your body does like heal on its own. It, it, it is like a slower journey and eventually it regenerates like those cells and whatnot. So I'm thinking maybe that is like something's going on. But she like genuinely and like her human non-soup level is still a kick ass fighter. Yeah, that could be because I was thinking of particularly two things. It was the amount of damage that she was willing or not willing, but able to take, even though she was already hurt, that made me wonder. But then there was a moment, and this just might be her training and not super powered, but she's on the ground and the big guy's hands are on her chest and she reaches over and like breaks a finger or maybe even a thumb. I thought, well, that might be an ounce of superpower left in there, but that could also just be assassin level training where you know if you're disabled then you need to find a a quick pressure point to take advantage of on your attacker and breaking a finger is one of those things (laughs) that will get their attention right away that sometimes comes up in self-defense classes, you yeah. know, that you do that, right? And it does, like, and the attention is to break because you have that, like, leverage and momentum of pulling down, you know, and, and based on the way that the body's structured. And it's just a testament also to, like, her super quick thinking mm-hmm. um, 
on being able to like make rapid good decisions of, to survive. Ultimately, her criticism of herself in terms of being a monster and kind of having a, a warped, maybe not warped is too strong a word, but but um, I'll use it. A warped sense of what it means to actually be human versus what she had been shaped into as a as a kind of a human weapon. I think she misunderstands what how the rest of us would judge someone fighting for her and her loved one's survival. Yeah, she went apeshit on the big guy, but he also <laughs> beat her up quite a bit. You know, her adrenaline is pumping and she did fight for survival at a level that ensured she could. And I think the rest of us yeah. would highly understand that and not judge her for it. Although I think she, unlike the other soups, I think that have killed and like wouldn't be as hard on, on themselves like she is it does show that she values every life like even if it is just someone who is trying to kill her like she it, it feels like if it was her choice she wouldn't want to kill anybody no matter what and so i think that's also because i mean i've never killed anyone but like feels like no? that would be a big deal whether you did it in self-defense yeah, <laughs> Come on, yeah, yeah i haven't done it <laughs> 33 years of my life um but i i do feel like it, even if it's like self-defense or like that sort of thing or you're doing it because it's your job or something like that or you know there's other professions that do like the police and all this kind of stuff or whatever i'm like wondering like even though you're doing it for quote unquote the right reasons like you still kill someone and i can't imagine what that toll it takes especially with her it's been piling up since she was i don't know how long right like how many what's the body count and like we've seen in other shows and other movies where like it doesn't matter like some people will say like oh i know every single person i've killed i know this kind of thing you know like it does torment them regardless of whether they think it was right or wrong or they were saving themselves or someone else so i do feel like it's interesting that they've put that on kimiko and in, in the show to i guess have that human side like we said she does feel like she doesn't like doing it regardless I, I like seeing that in that push and pull with herself. She never wants to accept that it was okay to kill someone, regardless of what it was. That's a lot of growth because, mm -hmm. you know, she was mm -hmm. completely reactive when they found her, only striking out in fear and violence and w completely willing to take a life. But just, just as like a matter of course, now she's come all the way around on it, as you described it, Kat. But that little bit of the story just just encapsulates unto itself where they wind up from there. I think they'll end up back at the Flatiron building because they don't really have another place to go. And that will put them back with the rest of the boys. Or perhaps they go back to the hospital because, man, she must have some internal bleeding. <laughs> right? I mean, oh, geez. Yeah. That was a lot. One thing that we called correctly in the last podcast was that... Uh, Mother's Milk and Starlight would have no other allies but each other, so they would come together. So, yay! yay. Go us! Their little team up w was cute and good. <laughs> it, it gave us the explanation that we'd been waiting for with Mother's Milk in terms of his situation with Soldier Boy, his family, that there was just a, a reckless collateral damage aspect to a fight Soldier Boy was in that killed his family. I didn't expect it to be a grandfather. I expected it to be like siblings or, or something like that, but we're still pretty close. And that's the origin of his OCD. What do you guys think of their team up specifically in terms of Starlight acting as Mother's Milk's conscience, I should say, um, and, and, and talking him down when he's, when he's getting completely revved up? You know, he's loading a gun and he says, this isn't for Soldier Boy. I think that means if he sees Billy, 
it's for Billy. So what yeah. did you, you guys think of all their interactions in this episode? Maybe I should go last because I don't want to influence anybody. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't know if, if I'm going to say is, is a popular opinion. Well, now you got to say it. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm going to do it. But I just don't, I want you, you both to be your authentic selves. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I'll, I'll say, say what I think then. <laughs> okay. So I, I kind of took that as like, okay, well, Starlight's kind of filling the role that Eminem has been for everybody else. So it was kind of nice to see her have, uh, see him have like somebody be able to do that for him. Um, and then Starlight kind of staying true to like, like her mission and goals, right? Is like, do good. We have to like save these people. We have to do this, 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 even though it's like a house full of soups, right? And so that was like, uh, I don't know, a little annoying, but also, but I don't know if that's just because I'm jaded because I'm like, I don't know. I'm thinking they're all like superheroes. They all have like powers. Like they can like fit themselves. Um, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm not like super like trying to baby them. And, and I don't know why she needs to be like their hero, but I mean, whatever. And then Eminem, I'm, I, so Eminem is like one of my favorite characters from seasons one and two. And I'm feeling like this story background that he's given about his reason and his his purpose. Oh man, I feel so bad because I'm not saying that grandparents don't matter, uh, but I just feel like this this doesn't feel nearly as deep as I like thought it was going to be for him. To, is such a great strong character to like lose himself in such a big way like he's really like i'm like so lost and out of control but he's one of the most emotionally intelligent characters of everybody and he's been consistently like this and i don't know it just to me it, the trigger doesn't fit his character and i don't know like why i see it like that so if you both have other ways, like I want to hear the authentic way so that maybe I can like further understand. But That's, to me, it just kind of like logically yeah. isn't like connecting. That's interesting because one point that I, that when you were talking that came up in my little brain was OCD, his drive for neatness and checking, you know, burners still being left on or whatever. It's not necessarily like a, so you you'd be driven into a murderous, completely character changing rage if you got the chance to meet the person that made you that way, because those things aren't necessarily like I've seen where OCD can be completely debilitating, but MM can very much function mostly mm -hmm. normally even with his his OCD. I mean, I do feel sort of the same way um Inez about like that I thought it was gonna be a more like I thought it was gonna be his dad I thought for some reason I thought he had mentioned that it was his dad but I guess he had just been saying family right yeah his his dad his dad kind of neglected him after this event. after that yeah. yeah yeah okay so I feel like also that is something that is more influenced by like that shouldn't be his fault you know and, and all that kind of thing but um I kind of felt this was sort of like in all the other superhero movies that we've seen and and um I always think about I mean I don't know why I think about this but sort of that detail of like you know when they're destructing all these cities and there's so much damage and everything and I'm like well there's people in those buildings but we never like get 
to see how that happened. I think there was one Marvel movie where the villain actually, like they, they I forgot which one it was, but there was um, some of that collateral damage. Um, he His daughter died or something like that. And I think that's what spurred him to kind of want to kill, I think one of the Avengers or something like that. And I was like, oh, I like that they brought that up because like I think most of the time when we see these superhero movies, they're doing all these damage to save somebody else or to save the world. But I'm like, what about all the people who were just there and like they probably died like and then we they we never hear about it like are we just to assume that no one was in those buildings no one was on that street everybody got saved when something was destroyed so it's batman versus superman that's what you're thinking of it was uh bruce wayne got really pissed off at superman because of well, no, the no, no, destruction was, no but this was a marvel movie because it was that dude who's from uh that rush movie with chris hemsworth and he's like kind of always a villain i think his name is nick something or i don't know he's like uh, german or something so then this kind of reminded me of that because unfortunately like mm's thing like soldier boy apparently it was i don't know if he the story was like he was saving somewhere he was trying to do it but like he was collateral damage and it sucks but like i don't know it feels like it was a lot to end up making his life's mission that sort of thing instead of just really like it was just really bad luck Barry and, yeah yeah <laughs> that's the guy that's the guy okay continue please yeah so it just feels like it was it reminded me of that it was like mm is those people like the collateral damage that we don't necessarily see and the real effects it has on you know someone but grandpa well maybe because he was a kid when it was grandpa yeah yeah so when i was little like your your grandparents are like you they mean a lot to you so i, I can understand that attachment and also it was the thing like you did it like you, he went and woke him up so I, I i got that part too you must feel a lot of guilt and you don't you're not your little so you don't understand hey this was just a really freak accident and it's not your fault but he gets embedded like when you're young and we know when you're young you're very impressionable and like that sticks with you so i can see how that would happen but it does feel bad to say but it yeah i, I thought it was going to be something more like i thought soldier boy had a vendetta against his family and he had, they had done something so then i thought it was something in, in along those lines i didn't know it was just like collateral damage which is not i mean his grandpa still died but like i don't know to go on this life's mission and like mess up all your relationships and stuff but like who am i to judge like the way he responded to that as a kid you know the outcome of of that was his mm -hmm. father changed and that yeah that sent their whole family on a totally different trajectory mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that helps explain some of that obsession with mm -hmm. with sorting this out. But at the end, he is able to to kind of return to the guy that we know and help Starlight sort the bodies at the Herogasm location. So I don't know if he's over it, but at least he's got his wits about him again by the end of this one. Yeah, it's crazy that they're probably the only two that are really thinking quote unquote straight like everyone else has kind of lost their shit or they're crossing all these lines and i love that starlight's kind of being that she's super calm in some way like even I, i'm sure we're gonna get into the huey thing but like she's just been like she's really seen the big picture here and like really trying to get people to understand like no like we got to do it this way and i know this and seems like everyone else is not listening to her but eminem is like the only one that is like kind of listening to her reason and he, she's able to bring him back so i enjoyed that dynamic part of their team up well she's found something that wasn't necessarily missing but maybe it was hidden from her in terms of the attitude that she wanted to approach with sorting out this this problem with homelander it comes out with her meeting with victoria where victoria knows that she is out of allies 
And I think that's the real reason she needed to meet up with Starlight was she was the most probable person from her point of view to join her. It's not even like a cause. I think it's just more like she's she knows she's alone and her one power is not going to get her <laughs> the kind of security that she feels like she's going to need because it's too overt, you know, blowing people up or blowing up their heads anyway. So... I don't think that there was like a, a much more to it than that from for Vic's point of view, Victoria's point of view. She's Vic in my notes uh, <laughs> to, for for that for that meeting. But out of that meeting, we get Starlight, her brand new steel in her spine, and giving mm-hmm. up on this idea of whatever it takes. That's she's never been totally comfortable with that, and now she knows who she wants to work with and the approach they want to take. Did you guys get anything else from that Victoria and Starlight meeting? I really liked that flex <laughs> that Victoria did on Starlight making her nose bleed all subtly. Like, yeah, that oh. was that was a cool moment. Yeah. Subtle. Although I wish. Yeah, I wish um, Victoria had done. She was pulling sort of that Stan Edgar you know, school and trying to be really, I mean, she is a senator, right? So she's pulling that like politics thing. And I think if she had come from like, I'm really just trying to do this to protect my daughter. And I only joined with Homelander because it's Homelander. And, and that's why, um, Starlight would join Homelander, went along with it for so long because she knew like he can kill her in an instant. And that's why Vicky did it. And I feel like they could have bonded over that. But instead, she chose to go the political route and be like, try to still have her swagger instead of like, I guess, seem like a scared person. And she wanted to have that against Starlight. But I was like, if she had come at it, I think for more of like, hey, this is what I'm doing and we should team up because this is what's happening. And I totally get what's, you know, going that. But she didn't. She chose to go like the Stan Edgar route and still try to have the upper hand. And then I love that Starlight. I think if this had been like last season, Starlight would have been all about it and be like, yeah, let's team up. And then she's just like, fuck everyone. <laughs> they're not, they're <laughs> like, you know, Huey's just gone off the, the deep end and done whatever. And that should be the person that would have been stuck by her. And so at that point, she was just like, I'm not going to trust anybody. I'm just going to do it my way. And, um, not my way. I'm just going to do what I feel is right. And I can't trust anybody else and make all these other deals and stuff. She's like done with the deal. She's done with trusting anyone else. So she goes to someone she actually knows is on the right side of things and is not turning into a soup. Like MM is just the only one that's like not taking V. So I think she was also, that was probably a decision for her to go and team up with him too. He's not diluted. He's also on the outs with Billy and and Huey because they knew that he would stand in their way for making the deal with Soldier Boy, even though they may not know why. They just know that he would. And so, you know, they roofied him (laughs) in the last episode. And uh, so they're both feeling very burned from the other boys. But that doesn't mean that they don't have other good reasons to want to team up. They've had a few cute moments together, like when she would come along for certain like I forget what the mission was but they were driving and they wound up at like a cafe and they they were talking just kind of getting to know each other last season and we were seeing little bits of MM's uh, OCD kind of working into how he was uh, handling I think it was the napkins or something at the at the roadside cafe that they were at but still they do have some background for being together it's funny when you watch these shows superhero shows or say Marvel movies or something like that in your mind it's sort of one big happy super team, but you forget sometimes that certain characters that you kind of mentally connect, you've never actually seen on screen together. 
you know? Mm-hmm. And that's not the case with these two. They do have some background together. And that's, that's nice. All right. We've beat around the bush uh, long enough. So we should <laughs> <laughs> dive into hero Lots of bushes. Lots of bushes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. All these like terms, like dive in and uh, all these like, <laughs> beat around, like, it's just double meaning in this episode. <laughs> exactly right. And let's talk about all the characters that go in <laughs> to the hero chasm portion. <laughs> um, oh my god! Uh, okay, so there's uh, we have lots to cover. We have Homelander, we have Soldier Boy, we have Huey, we have Billy. Although it's not so much Billy, and um, and, and also A Train. So before we get to the event, we need to talk about, uh, let's talk about Soldier Boy and his time with Huey in the motel room. A couple things that I absorbed from that, and then we can talk about what you guys got out of it. One is that Soldier Boy, for me, resembles a very clear, like, 80s action hero stereotype, sort of built off of, like, a. if I say John Wayne, will you guys know what I mean by that? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. (laughs) Sort of built off like a John Wayne archetype where it's just like a very clear idea of what masculinity looks like. And he fills that out, you know, like that's, that's masculine. That is not, that's what a man does. This is not. And that's a lot of what he had to say to Huey, which is an interesting receptor for that discussion because Huey himself doesn't really feel great about where he would wind up on Soldier Boy's uh, man scale were it not for his temp V. The other thing that is important to notice is that Geiger counter keeps increasing whenever he loses the least bit of his temper. You know, just when he starts talking about something that gets him riled up, he starts to on the on the machine. I don't have a sound effect for a Geiger counter. I guess I should have found that. But That tells me, and it should be plainly obvious at this point, is that he really doesn't have great control over himself, either emotionally or with his powers. And that's been made clear. But even just his ability to modulate how angry he gets about something seems, maybe it's never been there. I don't know. We just know this guy and he doesn't have it. I, um, there's, okay, go ahead. We'll go with Kat first this time because <laughs> you influenced so much of our opinions last time I guess. whatever <laughs> i know i feel like i don't know what i'm thinking and what uh, or if it's just Inez. <laughs> oh man i'm feeling some shade here <laughs> no, no, no. i'm just kidding there's a lot where i mean there's one thing and it's gonna be a prediction later for me so i don't that a line of what soldier boy said because it's very telling and it, it was kind of passed over a little bit and it, it, it informs one of my predictions later and I really want to say it, but I'll wait. Cause I know you're, you don't like to jump ahead with that stuff. So. <laughs> um, but I, it was subtle because then there's a down the road when we talk about in there, another character, it kind of was like, Ooh, they're giving us these hints that maybe that's going to be something. But with the Huey thing, it was funny because Huey was trying to do his Hueyness of like, 
be that, you know, the, his, uh, like, oh, I can talk him down. I can give him some reason. And like, and I don't know why he thinks he could do that with Soldier Boy, but more, it was so apparent in this one more so than like in the other seasons where I felt like Huey was just out of his league here. He was trying to do the same tactics of what he's done. Like, hey, like, no, you'll be fine. Like, you know, like, let's not kill people. And like, I really don't think he, he was being very naive. And then I think also it's sort of having the V now. He thought like, oh, I can do this. You know, I can save people. I can do all this kind of stuff. And like not knowing that like, no, Soldier Boy is a completely different level. You're not going to be able to do what you think you can do and again it's just Huey like really having that complex and we see it later with Starlight you know like that sort of mentality of being weak you know and I guess seeing Soldier Boy who you said the masculinity thing like and him being like oh I wouldn't raise you know he was basically saying all the stuff that Huey like he he he's not strong or he's sensitive and all that kind of stuff and I feel exactly, like yeah. Yeah. And then I think Huey's been around all these soups, all this masculine so, so much that he's also just, feel, he's felt so insecure on top of just his insecurities from, you know, him being Huey. But yeah, I think that was like him trying to be the one to like, I'm going to save the day. And it's like, Huey, what are you doing? Like, you're, you're not going to be able to do this. Like, so I was just thinking it was going to set us up for what happens at Herogasm. And I was just like, Ugh. like, I, I don't know, like Huey has not grown at all. Like, or it feels like he hasn't, like it's gotten worse for him. Like he's yeah. going, yeah, he's regressing into, and then the V is not helping. And so he, at first it was like, like the first few seasons, like, oh, okay, he's just Huey. He's silly, blah, blah. And it's like, at this point, you think you would learn what's at stake here. And I feel like he just comes at it from his point. Like he wants to be the one. And as, as opposed to Starlight, who like, she kind of doesn't care what happens to her. She's really thinking about the people who is going to get hurt here. She was always thinking about the, you know, even the, the hero got all those sea level uh, soups that she she doesn't have to care about, but she does. She doesn't want anyone to get hurt. And Huey is coming at it like, I'm going to save the day. I'm going to stop Soldier Boy. And I think that's the interaction I got between there is like, he is just not growing at all. And Soldier Boy just seems like he's a loose cannon. <laughs> like he was getting more drunkard as the as that scene went on. And I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. <laughs> The deal with, with Huey reminds me of um, this series of books that I've read. They're from an author named Brandon Sanderson, who is a pretty famous fantasy author. And this series of books is about superheroes. The idea is that this comet passes by Earth and certain people are left with powers after it passes by. And there's no rhyme or reason to it. Some have them and then the rest of us don't. And 100% of the time... The people that end up using their powers turn into jerks, like criminal super villain level jerks. There is nobody that has powers that can keep the temptation from using their powers against other people at bay long enough to not be a jerk. And that's just like a central part of the story that, that you don't really understand until the whole thing unfolds. And so that element with Huey, and because Billy is already kind of in the black when it, when it comes to being a good person. He's, he's not. But Huey could be. He was. But the more he uses his powers, the more addicted he seems to get to that side of himself, the bold side of himself. And that's maybe even something that ties into what we saw with Homelander uh, and talking to himself in the mirror because there was like the two sides of himself. Well, we're actually kind of seeing that play out a different way, but with similar results with Huey. It's interesting that parallel that you talk about because I think um, it also alludes to like uh, when we see Starlight 
Anne Huey, um, or I guess now we, we should call her Annie, right? Because she wants to be called Annie. Annie, uh, Anne Huey, she tells him, I thought this was the V talking, but you basically in so many words, like have always been this insecure, always been kind of like a jerk, always want to do what you want to do. And I thought we were going to be a team, like that kind of thing. She wasn't even, I thought it was interesting to also see her reaction to not be, I guess, emotional about it. Like, I think she had already kind of come to that conclusion where she's just so like, I can't even deal with this semi breakup that we're having. Like, I got to go do this, you know, like you deal with your shit and I'm going to go do this. And I was hoping that you're going to be here with me. And then the Homelander parallel that you said as well, I think, yeah, they're both just having these insecurities and then like they have to kind of psych themselves up. But Huey's is coming out because of the V. He can be powerful. He can be himself, which is actually like, it's not a good himself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he was smiling when he was shooting up, you know, he he smiled when he was like feeling that go in. And and I think that this is all meant to kind of just keep showing us like this is uh, this is like somebody becoming a drug addict and and what's going through. Like, I don't think it's about him being like, I want to be a good person and I want and I want to do the right thing, like maybe superficially. That's what he believes like he wants. But from the beginning, he was always like the cowardly, um, not really like one to like want to do stuff. And then afterwards, it was like, well, I'm doing this stuff because like, you know, Robin passed and. I have to like take care of this like vengeance or whatever but I don't know like it just seems like not in his character to be like starlight where her mission is I want to do good because I want to save the world and that was like an authentic like drive for her so I think that all this stuff with Huey is meant to show us like a backward or like a a downward spiral well you know what actually shows that Uh, I think it it, it came to head when he confronts A-Train and A-Train actually like I because you see Huey's face and it was almost as if he wanted because he was on V and he could do something about it he wanted A-Train to not apologize be his asshole self that he has been in the past and that way he could like do something about it Yeah. and then when A-Train actually does the right thing and says like hey dude like I am sorry I fucked up and because he's A-Train's been going through his own journey and Huey it seemed like Huey actually didn't want that reaction because he wanted hit and that's why he ends up hitting him regardless because he was like no i want to prove how tough i am and even though a train did what he essentially was asking like hey you need to apologize but it felt like huey didn't want the apology he wanted to use his newfound v power to just put him in his place so that actually i think kind of shows us who or where huey is right now because he should be the good guy, but then a train apologized and said all the right things. And I think he was genuine in that moment because of what happened to his brother. Yeah, I agree. And then Huey didn't, was not receptive at all. He was just like, no, like that's not what I wanted. I want you to be asshole soup so I can punch you. And then he ended up doing that because he wanted to get it out and prove something to himself. So that just shows where yeah. he's at of like, he just doesn't care anymore. Like he just wants to go down this path of like, I don't know, just trying to not be weak. <laughs> I think that yeah. H that Huey also like dodged a really huge fucking bullet because this was kind of like a, a rare moment of getting to see A Train what kind of stuff he's capable of. I feel like I really just remember him being like really fast. So he has an advantage on being fast and being able to punch like really fast or whatever. But like seeing how fast instantaneously he took out Blue Hawk you know, and Huey trying to square up with A-Train, like, just think remembering that part was like, God, like, Huey, you you got gruesome balls that you haven't earned yet, buddy. Well, and that tells us a little bit about the Temp V. It's like 
once you're elevated to super status, you get a few basic things and super strength and some added toughness seems to come with it because him punching A-Train as Huey should have done nothing. It shouldn't have registered at all. But A-Train knew that there was something new <laughs> about Huey. Like Huey shouldn't have been able to add anything to the Homelander fight, but he was able to at least get one arm down. Yeah, and it was really cool in this episode because I'm sure we're going to talk about the big showdown with Homelander and, and Billy and Soldier Boy, but it was really fun to see the soups react to, you know, like Huey and Billy Butcher and be like, wait, what the fuck? And it like, you can see the stunning, like they were really shocked by it. And I was like, oh, it, you kind of saw also a new vulnerability to the soups in some way. Like a lot of vulnerabilities actually in this episode. So I like that as well. Well, they're not expecting it, especially from him. And that, mm-hmm. that is yeah. a, a moment because they're, they think they're gods. They do think they're gods to, yeah. s- to some amount, to some, you know, level. And so to have a See, peon, new gods. Yeah. <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. how did you get the invitation? <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, wait, what? I'm not special. <laughs> or that anybody, even this guy can be special. Um, there are still some elements about what he is doing in this episode that are reminiscent of the previous Huey. You know, he wants to minimize Soldier Boy's damage at Herogasm. That's still admitting that he's perfectly okay with Soldier Boy going in there and destroying the TNT twins. He's okay with that to some some level, but uh, he doesn't want just random Herogasmers to, uh, <laughs> to, to suffer. So there's some element there, but he's he's very compromised, very super compromised. Maybe that's part of temp fees. It makes you super powered and super compromised. And he became empowered over the past year of being such a high status role. So he's like taking this like confidence and respect that he's like earned over time. And then now he's like trying to like now he just thinks like instantly he can become like a superhero. But even like his scenes during the fight were were like not like really like great contributions. Like I think you said arm mm-hmm. and I said, no, nah, I think it's more like a wrist, right? Like, OK, I'm like good intention. I'm just this <laughs> awkward, like lanky, naked white dude. And I'm going to hold down Homelander's wrist so that I can say that I contributed to like bringing him down kind of thing and I don't know like it even seemed like they were intentional about showing like the uh, the amount of work between the three people who took him out mm-hmm. like he still only had a tiny part of that I mean it was helpful but it, it like I feel like Huey probably is going to use this to like further justify his like unearned confidence like in this hero space it also makes me think the three of them, I think he, yeah, he was not contributing much. So let's just say Soldier Boy and um, and, and Butcher were the ones really... Yeah, it was really a pinning, sucker punch pin- here and there. Yeah, yeah. He was really, they were the ones that were pinning him down. And I, it makes me real, it kind of makes me go back to what Maeve said. Like, I can hold him off for um, at least like a few minutes. And so I wonder if like, if she'll come into play again later. Because we, you know, we still don't know the extent of her superpowers. But if she thinks she was at least able to hold off Homelander for a bit on her own. And then Soldier Boy, who's also like one of the more, the most powerful soups now. And then like Billy Butcher, who has like a pretty significant thing. Like that just shows also kind of gives us context of what Maeve can do against Homelander if like she could have done that by herself at least for a few seconds there would have been some amount of the physical fighting like mm-hmm. soldier boy can do i bet but man that laser stuff um yeah that was cool that's that was fun. it was a lot yeah yeah 
Overall, Huey though continues to disappoint. I mean, not not in terms of uh, story. I think it's I think it's okay as a story. Um, it's just as a as a character, human to human. If I mm-hmm. if I had a friend named Huey that had compromised himself to this level, I just I, disappointing. Yeah. you'd be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Right, right. All right. So Homelander in this episode answers the call, sort of. Like <laughs> la- last episode, he seemed a little scared of mm-hmm. of Soldier Boy. In this one, he he mentally knows that he's got to do something, but he sends the deep to investigate. <laughs> initially which really i think it just like sets up the little bit of comic relief in this episode Mm -hmm. but really the big scene for him aside from the fight obviously is the breakdown he has with his reflection in his quarters in his room when i was watching this with caroline she was wondering because she hasn't watched it steadily with me she she wondered like is he like multi-personality or is this some other kind of manifestation so no this hasn't really come up before i think this is just like two sides of his personality kind of sorting out what to do their path forward the doubtful and weaker side or maybe even human side versus the bold and strong side that that he projects almost at all times Sort of like the difference between the the one that would need to be cuddled by Elizabeth Shue in the first season <laughs> versus what, you know, the persona that he goes on the talking head shows with or at the board meetings that he has. Yeah, it feels like the mask, right? Like mm. the mask he puts on. Right. Again, I think there's been a lot of great character development because I think the first few seasons, like they were just doing a lot of stuff and we thought like, oh, Homelander is this one dimensional thing. We can empathize with the way he grew up. So he's, this is probably why he is the way he is. But I don't know if we've ever seen him alone, alone like that. And just like kind of in his own thoughts. And, and, and I feel like the mirror thing, like, I don't think it was a personality. thing. I think it's what you said. I think it was just easier for the audience instead of having like a voice in his head. Cause we all have that, right? Like when you're trying to make a decision, you're going through like, oh, but like woman up cat, like, come on, let's do this. Or like, That's no, you can't cat. do that. Yeah, just that's just me, I guess. I'm crazy. Um, but you have those sort of like internal, like the internal dialogue between yourself. And I wouldn't call it like split personalities. You're just kind of like trying to figure out what to do. And I feel like it was easier to visually represent that in the mirror with himself instead of having it like kind of in this weird voicey thing um, mm, yeah. and to help yeah. the audience, help the audience figure out like to see it um, and see the different like kind of um, internal dialogue that Homelander has with himself that we haven't really seen. I think it might've just been a little bit too, um, since we haven't seen it come up before, it was a little like, Oh, what's going on here? So I could feel like it could throw people for a loop a little bit. And, and especially Especially since I just finished seeing Marvel's Moon Knight where he does, uh, you know, like the main character in there um, has split personalities and like we see them through the mirror. It kind of was mimicking that for me. So I was like, oh, but I don't think this is what they were doing here. Like, I don't think it's a split personality. I think it's just like him having that internal dialogue, which was really interesting and compelling because it was nice to see him like have that human element. And then the question I that came up for me is like if soldier boy is the original homelander ish type thing did he ever have that moment of getting rid of this human part of him because it seems like he doesn't really care as much you know Mm -hmm. so i wonder if he also had to go through this thing to kind of become the person he is like killing no matter what i agree with all of that this is another opportunity for us to just see what's happening inside somebody so we already had it with um kimiko right with her dancing and the the singing scene 
means this is just what it looks like for Homelander. I mean, I have regular conversations like this <laughs> with myself where I'm like, I have whiny bitch Inez that will let myself like get those like emotions like out of the way. And then I have Inez who tells whiny bitch like quit being such a bitch. <laughs> like you're not a little bitch. And then I'll tell myself I'm not a little bitch. I can do hard things. And I hype myself up like that. And so I I appreciated like, okay, Homelander goes through the same processing um, process as I do. So I don't think that it's a, I have a personality disorder for doing that. <laughs> no, I don't think you do either. I know other things, <laughs> but not you. that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But yeah. yeah, I was wondering, like, I know that we said, like, it sounded like he was like scared last episode of soldier boy and even like in this one you see him like stress one up but i don't know i still get a feeling that his stress on it is related to like running the company from a ce like from that uh, leadership perspective and not so much because he's concerned about soldier boy's powers i still haven't gotten really a real sense that he knows what soldier boy is able to do and how it impacts him directly i keep thinking because we see him do so much struggling this episode specifically on addressing firefighting mode as a leader now a leadership role in the company now that stands out of the way and he owns ashley so that's kind of the vibe that i got is that anything that's on your radars so let me let me see if I can restate. You're saying that he possibly wasn't feeling exactly scared uh, from losing the physical fight as much as losing face as the leader of of Vought should he mm. face um, Soldier Boy and fail. Yes, this is pre that epic fight scene, of course. Okay. Oh. Yeah, that makes total sense because Homelander's motivation is, has always been like, he could go and kill everyone if he wanted to. He threatens the other soups with that, Maeve, Starlight, and, and Vought, that like, hey, I, I'm only here because I want to be here and blah, blah, right? And uses that. But he really just wants the adoration of the fans, of the people. That's what makes him get off <laughs> or like keeps him going. Because I think without that, he doesn't really have anything to do. Because like, if he were to kill everyone in the world, like there would be nothing left. And he he has daddy, mommy, like the lack of parents, the lack of the way he was born. Like he has none of that love that you usually get when you're a child. So like the love of the people makes him feel good because they don't really know who he is. So they don't have like the disgust that the other soups and the Vought people have for him, you know, like and then most of the other soups under him are just afraid of him. So he knows it's not really love, love that they have for him. Like they just kind of go along with it because they don't want to get killed by him. And that's fun to a certain degree, but not really, you know, like doesn't really fulfill you. And then when he tells that with Ashley, like he wasn't even concerned about like, oh, what can he do? It was all about like, oh, no, this is like America's hero. And like and then they're going to want him and then it's going to be a whole thing. He was probably thinking he's going to go on press tours and he's going to be the one that they're all going to love. And all this kind of stuff was probably going through his mind and he was going to be put back again, like, you know, like just kind of not be the second hero. And he mm -hmm. doesn't want that to happen. That line about you want them to like me, I think is what he said, something mm -hmm. like that. That is such a just a base level, almost like child's argument, you know, the kind of thing that I think I've seen spoiled children mm. need to need to confront, you know, the, the ones they have everything because they, they have everything. Have right. Mm -hmm. And so they also have that very showy attitude where 
you know, any kind of genuine human seeming reaching out for compassion or something like that is usually followed up with a very selfish, inward directed, protective follow-up comment or action. I'll help you, um, do this, but then I need you to do this for me. And, and then it's, and you want me, you want me to do that for you. So you have to do, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, genuine. Right. Exactly. Very well put cat. Um, (laughs) thank you for filling in for my brain. (laughs) No props. That's why we're here. (laughs) (laughs) But I really, I really, I feel like because of that perspective that I've had that I'm like, I don't think that he really is actually afraid of soldier boy and he's more afraid of the company side of it. And I think that perspective added to the extra satisfaction at the end of the episode where we see him traumatized, legitimately traumatized. Like, what the fuck? I literally almost fucking died. How the fuck did that happen? That was, that was way. That was beautiful. And then seeing like that big old bruise on his face. Well, then let's get there. Let's get to the fight. He does decide to find the fight. He does He does show up just after the big uh, Soldier Boy explosion. When it was starting to converge, I, I had two emotions. I was like, I want to see what's happening next. And also, this feels too early for this gigantic fight. This seems like a climax. But it turns out maybe it's just a preview of the climax. What was running through you guys' heads when it started to be very obvious that this was going to go down and it was going to go down in this episode? I didn't think it was going to go down like this, actually. Like, I thought they would tease us a little bit more to have a showdown. So when we were actually getting that big fight, I was like, oh, shit, this is cool. And I was like, <laughs> and, I, and I was thinking, like, if this is just, I mean, we have, what, two more episodes to go? Let's see, it's seven and eight. Okay. Yeah. So I was thinking like, wow, if this is, you know, the sixth episode and we're getting this cool, badass fight between all of these characters, like, and this is not the finale, what is going to be the finale between all of these characters or more specifically between Homelander and Soldier Boy? I think it fits in well with this episode, but I hope they didn't peak. <laughs> I really, I thought the the fight scene was so awesome. It was, it was so great to watch. And I didn't mind that, you know, it was happening now because obviously like cliffhanger, right? Like it didn't end the way that our protagonists wanted it to end. And I think because the show is so consistently great about surprising us and keeping it, like when you think that it can't get more extreme or exciting, it does. And so I guess in that way, I wasn't like super shocked about it but it was great fight and you know kind of hopping back over to what you all were saying of soldier boy you know that his ability it really took him a long time to just trying to charge up and he never actually was able to get the shot in and so you know thinking about why is that and the reason that he's had these like episodes right he blacks out can't remember and it explodes which i love because it makes total sense if you know matching real life nuclear power being like so incredibly unstable that if you're not careful and balancing it it just fucking explodes and destroys everything around it so i really love that and it makes sense why he doesn't have a sense of control over it and 
also seemingly that the more like angry energy that he has, the more volatile he becomes. Mm, he doesn't yeah. have a personal vendetta against Homelander. So I'm wondering, like, this might be why he wasn't able to like really like muster up yeah. that energy to shoot it because he was able to kill the Countess on command when right. he wanted to, right? He loved her. He was like a whole person. So now I'm like, oh my God, like he actually, I believe him that he actually might be like a pretty decent person and maybe they didn't yeah. like him because he was a good person or whatever. It was also something because I, my husband watched it with me and or he watched it before, but I was like, oh, why couldn't he just like get his power out on Homelander? But he brought up the point of like he had just done that big blast before. So I wonder if it's also something like we Ooh, he oh, had yeah. to recharge. Yeah. Sure. So he wasn't able to, but then if he doesn't really have the vendetta against him, that's a really good point. Like he really feels hatred toward, it seems like whatever they did to him or if that's his power like he it can only work on super aggressive like like when he's super aggressive and really hates someone um like when he goes and does all those tours that he's done like he has no problem killing all the enemies that he's done but like yeah this one he didn't really feel it in his you know soul i guess he was like why do i need to do this it was almost like he was forcing it you know and he didn't he couldn't really pull it out pun intended he couldn't perform <laughs> um yeah he couldn't perform yeah yeah so but i was thinking if it was more just like a kind of a soup rule kind of thing of like he had just had that big blast and he couldn't recharge right away just like you know <laughs> after right. you do something <laughs> <laughs> he needed some time, uh, y'all. Right. In his younger days, he, he could have done both blasts. There's but. no Viagra for superpower. So. Oh, my God. Uh, sorry uh, to cut you off, Inez. I didn't mean to. No, no, that's like totally makes a lot of sense. I mean, with the whole like theme, the environment, like absolutely. I welcome that imagery. <laughs> So, um, but yeah, it was, and I love, I do love that he's the founder of Herogasm um, yes. with <laughs> Stormfront. <laughs> like, um, oh, God. I don't know if you caught that, right? That he said that he founded it with Liberty, which yes, is that's Stormfront. Very, very subtle. Um, that was fun. Yeah, that, that, did, that did register, like, wait a second. Yeah. But I, uh, I have, I, I think that he's, I'm excited to learn about him as a character. He's got some depth to him that we got little hints about in this episode and got the chance of display. It was a great scene. I wonder if Billy's performance in the fight will make him interested in trying to amp up his powers some or maybe even expose himself to the temp V even more to get more practice in because like he did fine. But like you mentioned with the lasers, Inez, a couple episodes ago, they did not overpower Homelander's lasers. But then again, Homelander's had years of practice with eye lasers. And that's a very, that's a very deadly game, right? You lose that game, your head gets blown off, right? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I was thinking about like, man, there's like, my eyes are hurting. <laughs> like I'm feeling like pressure in my eyeballs <laughs> from, from like, like having to like hold that set. Cause it's totally like Harry Potter versus Voldemort, <laughs> but with your eyeballs. And so that was... <laughs> Oh, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. But if one vial makes me this powerful, what would two vials do? You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A guy like Billy. Do you think that he would consider, like, if he like got a hold of, like, the OG one that makes it permanent? Like, would he do it? Mm. That does make you wonder. Because he's sort of desperate to do this. And he's already 
you know, like I mentioned with Hugh, he's already compromised that singular tenet of, of what was guiding him throughout all of his earlier actions was there's not supposed to be superpowered people on planet Earth. There's just they're not supposed to be together or exist at all. But does that mean in order to level the playing field, he has to be permanently super and then <laughs> it would kind of be up to him to take care of everybody else? You could see where he can, it's a slippery slope where he might, this character could conceivably go that direction because of how far he's already mm -hmm. slid from his initial directive, you know? The, the way that they show them shooting up, right, was just like, okay, they're now like rehearsed. They know how to get, like, get this down. They're, they are now experienced people at like finding that vein and shooting into the juice. Well, even the way that was uh, was shot where when you're watching a movie where there's intravenous drug use, right? Sometimes it's portrayed in a way like, look at these poor people. And it's like in a dirty bathroom and the lighting <laughs> is very stark and the, and the music is sad. It's like, look at them. They're addicted. Oh, my God. But then other times the music is fun. <laughs> the lighting is nice and mellow. This or, was like putting their armor on montage. Yes, exactly. This was mm -hmm. like a, this is a good time kind of thing, you mm -hmm. know? And, and that's a good point, both of you, that, that it's portrayed in a way that not only are they good at it now, but they like it. Yeah. And also, I, I feel like, it, I mean, we haven't really talked about Billy and Huey together, but I felt like it was a bit sad to see them where they've come. And, and, it, and it comes from pure intentions of like, Billy has wanted to get rid of soups and now he just has exhausted all options and this is where he's come. But like, I feel like first season... Billy would not have allowed Huey to do this at all and wanted to like slap the V out of his hand and like probably chained him to the wall or something for, so he wouldn't do it. And to for him to just be there, it, it just shows where Billy's at in like his headspace of he has a goal and wants to kill Homelander, whatever it takes, right? And he's also allowed Huey to do come down this path with him. And I feel like the first two seasons of Billy would not have allowed him because he, he thought of Huey as pure and everything. And now that he's kind of let him do that too, I don't know it, it, like you do sort of see them as addicts you know like they're just kind of like partying together in this like V getting high off this V stuff and he either doesn't care enough because he's settled on Homelander or he's just like well I need help and now MM's gone so like I'm gonna involve Huey and not really I think it's only if something happens to Huey where he's gonna be like what did I do why wasn't I there why wasn't I there for him right like times are good so you don't even need to think about what mm -hmm. happens if something like that happens or what you would feel if Huey was, was hurt. Cause even though Huey is souped up, he's, I, I have a feeling he's invincible. that, yeah, well, not even that. I mean, I feel like he's probably still not Billy's level. You know, if they, mm -hmm. if they just yeah. decided to get into a fist fight, I think Billy would just still handle him pretty well. <laughs> I did like the full circle though. I like, you know, it seemed a little bit weird that teleporting, you would get naked, right? And then I was yeah. like, I wonder, they totally did it just to have Huey naked in this herogasm. And I was like, you know what? That's good writing. Full circle. <laughs> and I love when um, Huey was like, oh, my asshole hurts too much. Like, I, <laughs> that guy was trying to proposition it. <laughs> That's hilarious. I wonder if they showed us that to make sure that we knew that he could he could transport another person. Because he made a point of like saying, I saved you in their little discussion that came after that. But that was minutes before Soldier Boy's actual explosion. Yeah, I guess kind of he saved her, sort of, maybe. But narratively 
still making sure that we know what what these powers can do because they don't go out of the way to show us that. I do think they showed us more in this episode than they have in a yes, like, yeah, in a long time. Like they really let it out. <laughs> like we haven't talked about a train very fully mm-hmm. just yet, and we're getting long on time, so let's cover that. Is this the end of of a train? Has he reached his last stop? I mean, his heart stopped, so mm-hmm. and no one knows he's there. So I mean. Yeah, I think he he might be done. I accepted that scene as like he did. He's t- definitely dead. That's my prediction. <laughs> they just so you know they they had that really cool scene of how his apology right like evolved in that short period of time from kind of like I'm being patronizing to like no you know what like it does fucking suck. And I am sorry. And like to make a point of showing him have that momentary character arc that we said was likely going to be coming from him and probably close to his last act. So I'm just going to say maybe we were right. Maybe that's maybe this is the end of that. Well, that, that yeah. is it exactly how it would work. Him. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how that's how character arcs are supposed to work. And what you're supposed to do with characters in shows like this when they've had that completion, they're either supposed to ride <laughs> off into the sunset or die. Yeah. Well, Bot's losing soups now. Like, who's left? Left and right. The Deep and <laughs> the deep and Homelander. Yeah, Noir, Noir took off. He took off. Yeah. He took yeah. off his, took his uh, locator out and ran away, which was interesting because that made me know that he was more scared of Soldier Boy and what would come from him than Homelander. Yeah, he was like, I can manage Homelander, but oh, Soldier Boy, nah, I'm out, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was a different personality around Soldier Boy. Like, he had his face back then, right? Like, the last time he saw Soldier Boy was when he masterminded this whole kidnapping um, and selling to the Russian scene. And then he got blasted in the face and he had to become a completely different kind of personality to be Black Noir. And then formed what I guess maybe that is a big drive of why he decided to be like a really good tool for Homelander because you know that's like the best as opportunities could be and it's kind of like a way to kind of stay hidden about like whatever kind of involvement might have come from you know the whole like soldier boy Russia thing but yeah he definitely definitely was terrified of him to dig that knife and yank that thing out of his arm is like I'm out bye so (laughs) All right, let's move on to the predictions. And I'm interested in Kat's Soldier Boy prediction. Okay, so it's a trope as old as time, or TV trope as old as time. But it finally clicked in this episode for me. And I don't know if I'm going to be right or if this is just out of the loop. But there were some pointed converse or lines in this from both Soldier Boy and Homelander that kind of made me make this connection. Is when um, he was talking about having kids with Crimson Countess. Countess Crimson. And he was like, oh, I wish I wanted to have kids with her. I would have loved to like, you know, see him grow up and be a man and stuff like that. And then I was and then Homelander, when he was having the conversation with himself, was saying, you know, the more I guess the hard Homelander was like, yeah, you have all these mommy daddy issues. Someone didn't love you, blah, blah. I was like, could. And then he's like, I'm the upgrade, blah, blah. Like Homelander said that when he met Soldier Boy. And I was just thinking, could Soldier Boy be his dad in some way? Could soldier boy be homelander's dad or or, or like did, donor yeah yeah hmm. and could that also be the reason why he couldn't go against him in some biological way yes he very much could i mean i don't have any proof of that 
like we've mentioned, we don't read the comics, but something about that feels right. If you were Vought and you currently had a soldier boy in the stable, but you knew that you needed to keep making superheroes, mm-hmm. seems like you'd want to harvest and then come out with version 2.0. Makes a lot of sense. Like we had semi-predicted in earlier episodes, if these two come to some sort of understanding or and a familial one would be <laughs> would be an amazing one, then we're in a much worse spot as humans. Yeah, man, that is a really fun idea to like think that 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 could be like an origin story from. Him. I just really hope that the mother contributor is not going to be Stormfront. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> co-founder oh, <laughs> but it is a fun thought to think about because i mean it's about the right age it was 40 years ago mm-hmm. homelander looks like be about 40 i don't think i don't know if we have any kind of indication that he's one of those soups that doesn't age the way that normal humans do the way that you know liberty and uh, soldier yeah. boy have good call cat that would propel the story into a dark place to start season four from yeah, and they're always, you know, that it's sort of that, um, like the father son. But wouldn't that mess up Homelander? Just given his issues of wanting a father, wanting a family, any, you know, like with anything. Like I think that would maybe give him hope, or I don't know what that would do to him and mentally, because we already see that he's pretty vulnerable right now. Yeah, and it can also kind of show, you know, if it's not that kind of connection, it also can just show furthermore about them having continued parallels mm-hmm. in in their mindset. I think we talked. A little bit about that you know last episode between them wanting to be loved and the people that they thought loved them hating them and then now Mm. kind of seeing like okay this kind of issue and we saw that all in season one right of homelander with ryan and so yeah it's a good fun theory um I'm now really curious (laughs) about like more of like the origin story of Homelander besides being like homegrown in the lab. Anything that you uh, expect to see in the next couple of episodes, Inez? So, so we didn't talk about the deep because obviously he doesn't have like anything really to contribute here other than further cringe. Right. Um, and uh, but now I do look forward to like what kind of fucked up shit is this person going to do this time? And I'm kind of like annoyed that they keep violating like octopuses. <laughs> so, <laughs> like this is the third time that we've had to endure this, and it's like it's hurting me, it's killing me because I love them so much, and I don't want to see them. And it also makes me kind of laugh because I, I read an article about how like PETA like awarded the boys for some kind of some kind of award about like and recognition for the scene of the deep eating the octopus saying like CGI is like a really healthy and safe option that more people should be using in filmmaking because no animals were actually harmed in that but it's like what would they say now about this hero gasm scene <laughs> that we've walked into like are, are we still like are we, do we regret that award yet <laughs> so maybe like in the real world that's kind of like something i'm looking forward to kind of seeing that reaction when this episode comes out but on like a storyline front i am really interested to see if they're going to show us the lasting effects of this temp v drug on these human bodies like if we're what we're going to start seeing they've kind of shown us an evolutionary journey of people who are like starting to take drugs and the rookiness in the beginning now they're 
kind of like solid and like confident in using it. So now are we going to see like how it causes demise in their brain and in their bodies? And what does that look like? Because it's such a powerful thing. And then I also I really love like all the satire that this show does on how showing cover ups and whatnot. So I'm, I'm interested to see how they're going to cover the hero gasm, you know, nuclear explosion. And then also A-Train. They're going to find A-Train because he has a chip. How are they going to cover this up? How are they going to cover up A-Train and Blue Hawk? And Tim? so I have more like superficial <laughs> kinds of things that I'm looking forward to because the storyline wise... I don't know. I'm just kind of excited about it and not really thinking a whole lot more about it. These other like little side missions that the show's giving me are, are really fun to follow. I think next episode we just regroup and yeah, that'll be everybody coming back together in their in their home base. They'll be like, oh, look, Kimiko's back. Terrific. And then Frenchie and them and Kimiko might be like, you know what? We're out. We're just done. This is not our mission anymore. We are each other's mission. So we're done. But I think we still get some moment like that. And then they've got to create some way to get Homelander back out of Vought Tower in order to try to finish him off, you know? But that's all I've got. I, I don't know what that could be exactly. I just know they're not, they're probably not going to storm Vought Tower to get him. I think they got to pull him out. And maybe we'll find Maeve. Maeve we'll would be dead. a big help. You know, he was still able to squeak out with three of them on him. But who knows if the father-son thing happens, even if they do get into the big fight, then everything <laughs> turns around if they got two what the Marvel people would call Omega-class bad guys against them, then they would just have to run. Super chaos. Yes, yes. <laughs> two very volatile <laughs> soups. You know, the volatile power that Soldier Boy can't control and he blacks out and has no memory of it happening. And then the other one who's just like incredibly emotionally unstable. So that'd be fun. Well, as usual, it's been super fun talking to you guys about the boys. This one ran a little longer because a lot happened in this one. It was a big gasm as uh, you guys were looking forward <laughs> to last uh, last podcast. If people wanted to reach out and talk to you, Inez, about gasms, uh, how would they do that? My gasm thoughts can be found on <laughs> Twitter at Neasy Things. And then if there are Facebook groups that people are involved in and join the commentary in there, you can find me in there. And same question for you, Kat. If people wanted to know about your gasm thoughts, how would they find you? All the gasms on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at Things Cat Loves. Do those include gasms? Yep, food guys <laughs> <laughs> these days. And as usual, I am findable at Paul V. Daily on Twitter, also at Pod Clubhouse on Twitter, or Instagram, or Facebook, or www.podclubhouse.com is all of our podcasts. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast so other people can find it on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening. This has been an original Pod Clubhouse production. Pod Clubhouse is a podcast network dedicated to encouraging collaboration among podcasters and friends to bring a fresh voice and diverse perspective on a wide array of content. Please visit and leave a comment for us at podclubhouse.com. Rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast feeds on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find us at Pod Clubhouse. Our DMs are always open, and we'd love to hear from you. Pod Clubhouse.